Father, we thank you so much for your loving grace and kind mercy. Lord, each and every one of us at the lowest point of our lives, Lord, you came and rescued us. It is and for will ever be Jesus. That's all we have. That's our only hope. And so, Lord, as we pray today, as we speak, as I speak today, Lord, would you speak through me? Allow the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart to be acceptable in your sight. Lord, you are our strength and our redeemer. And all God's people said, amen. Well, I am grateful to be here with you this morning. I'm grateful that our pastor, who's away, uh, allowed me to come in and speak. Uh, I am grateful for the mentors, the prayers of this church. Um, man, everything has just been awesome and amazing. And also, I'm grateful to have my mother here with me this morning. I am so grateful for her. Amen. Not only her, but also my mother-in-law and my beautiful wife. And so I am grateful for them this morning. And my mother drove up, especially uh, today for Mother's Day. And uh, I will tell you, if it had not been for the prayers of this woman, I wouldn't be here. I would not be here because she cried out to the Lord when all else had failed. And I wonder this morning how many other mothers have been to that point where you have tried all you could, you have called everyone that you could call, you have spoken to everyone that you could possibly speak to, but man, the situation just never changed. And you wondered, Lord, is it worth all of this? And I began to see my mom as a child, you know, just kind of growing up, and from the back seat of the car is where I learned the most about her, not when I was inside of the situation. And let me explain that to you. As a child, I used to sit in the back seat and we'd go to Crystal's after church and we'd do all these different things after church. And I'd have a view from my vantage point just to see where she was. And I saw the hurt. I saw the pain. I saw the frustration and all those things with dealing with life. But I also saw something different. There was a point in her life where she said, hey, I surrender, I give up. And she turned everything she had over to Jesus, her marriage, her children, her finances. She turned it all over to Jesus. And that's when I began to see who she really was from that back seat. So if you could go with me this morning to the scriptures, we're going to be in 1 Samuel chapter 1. 1 Samuel chapter 1. This is a place in story where the prophet Samuel is preparing to come on the stage. But before he comes on the stage, he has to prepare his mother. He's got to help her to be ready to receive what Samuel is preparing to do. And I know that in this room today, heartbreak, heartache, heart pains, heart Heartburn, every heart issue you can name is in this room. But Jesus is able to cure every one of those. He is. He absolutely is. So let's go to the text. It says, Now there was a certain man from Ramathayim, Zophim, from the hill country of Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of Joram, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuphah, the Ephraimite. He had two wives. The name of one was Hannah, and the name of the other was Peninnah. And Peninnah had children, but Hannah had no children. 
Now this man would go up from his city yearly to worship and to sacrifice to the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. And the two sons of Eli and Hophni and Phinehas were priests to the Lord there. When the day came that Elkanah sacrificed, he would give portions to Peninnah, his wife, and to all her sons and her daughters. But to Hannah, he would give a double portion, for he loved Hannah. But the Lord had closed her womb. It happened year after year, as often as she went up to the house of the Lord, she would provoke her, so she wept and would not eat. Then Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep and why do you not eat? Why is your heart sad and am I not better than ten sons are to you? Then Hannah arose after eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now Eli the priest was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the temple of the Lord. She, greatly distressed, prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. She made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and a razor shall not come on his head. Now, as I look at that particular scripture, I remember my mother. She, in that scripture, was Hannah. Hannah was a woman that was greatly distressed. And if you look at this picture of Scripture, here is a woman, probably the first year of her marriage, things were going great. This was exactly what I wanted in a family. I've got a husband, you know, he's married to somebody else, but okay, this is the time of the day. I can, I can get past this. This is, this is what it is. You know, hey, this is, and I hope you're not doing that right now, but this woman, Hannah, said, I'm married to this man, and this is everything that I've ever wanted in a family. And now, as she tries to have children, Peninnah, her rival, the Bible says, begins to have children. And at first, I can only imagine that after the first child, it was okay. Well, my time is probably going to come up soon, and, and I'll have children just like she has. Well, basically, that didn't happen. And then the second child came, and I can imagine what she could have been feeling after that second child. Then a third child came, and from that point, she started to get distressed. She started to wonder, God, why not me? Why here? Why now? Why, Lord, have you not blessed me as well? And in this, she started enduring adversity. Enduring adversity. You see, adversity will make you change everything in your life. And when I am looking at adversity in my life, many times God desires to do a great thing in and through my life but through that, he has to take me through some tough times. Anybody ever been there? And when I look at this, there were stair steps of what happened in Hannah's life. And the fruit that accompanied that adversity was, number one, displeasure. Displeasure. She started feeling like one that is not pleased with the current circumstances. She wanted to be a mother. I want to be one also that provides comfort. I want to be also one that provides compassion. I want to be also one that provides instruction to my children. And Lord, you have not given me that opportunity. And so that point, displeasure, 
starts to set in. But it didn't just stop there. She goes into disgust. Disgust. A feeling of repugnance towards something with a desire to avoid it or turn from it. She started looking at Panetta and said, man, I just hate you and I despise you. Everything that you're doing, just for who you are and how you're able to have children and progress. And here I am, I'm not able to have children. So she started looking with disgust. The third thing she started looking, she started having distress. Pain or suffering affecting from a bodily, about the body or bodily part or the mind. She started being in distress. The fourth thing, she started to get discouraged. Deprivation of courage or confidence. And lastly, is what many people, the point many people are at, is despair. A loss of hope. Lord, will you ever see about me and my situation? You see, when I saw my mother there, I started seeing her as a child walk through those steps. But when the tide turned, I started listening to my grandmother speaking to her, encouraging her, lifting her up, speaking scriptures over her life, and then she moved to another point in her life. And that point was prayer. Man, how many people know prayer can change things in your life? She prayed for relief. I couldn't even imagine the things that a mother goes through, trying to provide for her children, trying to please her husband, trying to be at peace with the Lord, and still nothing is going right and just feels like everything is out of control. And she prayed earnestly for relief. You see, there's a difference between your praying when you're in trouble and there's a difference and, and when you're not in trouble. You see, when you're praying when you're in trouble, your prayers are two things. They're honest and earnest. You are honest before the Lord. Everything comes off when you are in distress. Everything comes off when your children are in trouble. Everything comes off. The facade comes off. And you are honestly coming before the Lord and saying, Lord, this is where I am. Help me. Help me to get through this struggle in my life. Earnestly. Honestly and earnestly. Earnestly is, is a different type of word. It, it means characterized by or proceeding from an intense, serious state of mind. This isn't how you've always came before the Lord. Lord, this is serious today. This is not one of those times in my life where I go to the Lord and I say, Lord, if you just please get me out of this point in my life, I promise I'll do it. And we go back to doing the same old things. Anybody ever been there? Yeah, don't laugh. You're going to give yourself away now. You say, Lord, if you just do this for me, I promise I'll do this. And we do it and the Lord blesses us and we go right back in the same situation. Hannah was different. You see, this happened from year after year after year. She went back to the, to the temple and she, she prayed and she was ridiculed year after year after year. And she said, this, this has got to stop. This has got to stop. And so Hannah, in that moment, honestly went before the Lord. And she prayed earnestly before the Lord that the Lord would answer 
her prayer. So let's look in the scripture to see what happens next. As Hannah continued to pray and asked the Lord for relief, in verse 11, she made a vow of faithfulness. She said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and a razor shall never come on his head. I'm going to park right there for just a moment. She vowed a vow of faithfulness. Now, she had, she had been hurt and endured adversity. She had prayed, but now she is coming to vow a vow of faithfulness to the Lord. She is saying, Lord, number one, Lord, I understand who you are. I understand. She said, you're the Lord of hosts. That word means that if he is the Lord of hosts, he is over all and ruler of all. Lord, I can't take anything from you or give, or, or give anything to you. Lord, you are Lord all by yourself. And I would submit to you when you are at a point of distress and you're at a point of hurt and pain in your life, you have to realize who God is. He's Jehovah Jireh. He's your provider. He's Jehovah Nisi. He can fight every battle that you have. He's Jehovah Shalom. He is your peace when you don't have any. He can be all those things for us when we humbly submit ourselves under him, understanding who he is. The second thing is that not only did she understand who he was, but she understood who she was. She said, I am your maidservant. That word maidservant means I am your servant. I am surrendered unto you. I, my life belongs to you. Nothing in and through my life can happen without your authority. Lord, you are the great I am. Lord, when I'm in trouble, I run to you for help. There is no way possible that I could do this on my own. God, I need you. She understood who she was in the eyes of God. She understood that. The third thing, she understood her position, his position, understood her position, and then she promised a return. She would return the child to God, not for her own glory, but for his glory. A lot of times we pray and we ask God for things that we are taking on ourselves to give our own selves glory. Amen? Sometimes we will look at things in our life and we say, Lord, would you put your hand on this? Would you bless this for me? Would you do this for me so that you can be glorified? But Hannah took a different stance. Hannah said, Lord, if you will bless me, I will give this child back to you. That's the only place they belong. And many times I see a lot of mothers trying to hold on to ev with everything they got to that child that they have. Just like in Exodus chapter 2, I see Joshebed, who was Moses' mother. She tried to hold on to him with everything she had until she couldn't hold on to him any longer. And in Exodus chapter 2, the Bible says that she took the ark or took the basket that had Moses in it, and she took it to the, to the, to, to the edge or to the weeds of the, of the Nile, and she sat it there, and she walked away. 
And when she walked away, she left everything she had right there, depending on the faith and trust of Jesus Christ. Oh, oh, to leave things at the altar. That's a hard thing to do. You are saying, Lord, there is no longer, I can no longer do anything. I've got to take this and leave it at the altar. I saw my mother do it. I saw her do it. I saw her do it. She said, I, I'm out of control. This, this situation is out of control. There is no way that I can handle this. Lord, I need to bring this to you. And that's what Hannah did in Scripture. She said, this is a situation that is out of my control, and I am depending on the sovereign grace and the mercy of God to bring me through. Anybody in here like that today? I'm going to go over here. Anybody holding on to things, children, and the Lord is telling you to let it go, put it on the altar before me? Anybody on this side, you've been struggling with something all your life, and you said, Lord, where's the relief? Lord, where's the healing? Lord, where's the, where's the deliverance from this? And the Lord is telling you, just bring it to the altar? You see, the altar is a place of death. Now, and when I say death, I'm talking about there has to be me letting go of something and saying, Lord, you are sovereign, and this is no longer in my control. I am giving this over to you. I know you're kind. I know you're merciful. And, Lord, I know that you will do what's best for my family, for my child, and for me. You see, that's when faith really meets the road. Yeah. When you got to let something go, and you've got to die to that situation and you've got to put it in the hands of the Lord. But you have to understand that the God we serve will never leave us, nor will he forsake us. Even though the situation may not turn out how you think it should, God always has a plan for us. Amen. He always has a plan for us. Our God is an awesome God. He is. And I know, and even if, amen, you can clap. You can clap right there. Amen. And I know that there are some mothers in here, but there are some fathers in here. And, man, you, are been, you have been laboring about that child. You have been laboring about that marriage. You have been laboring about all these things. And today on Mother's Day, on Mother's Day, he said, bring it to the altar. Why carry this any longer? Why are you carrying something that you're not fit to carry? Why are you trying to haul this burden around and you're seeking everyone for advice? And God is saying, come to me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. And John 7, Jesus says, come unto me, all you who are thirsty. Come. Give it to Jesus. Give it to Jesus. Lastly, in verse 18, I want everyone to look at this prayer. And we're going to have a time of prayer right immediately after this. 
And I want you to come down. And man, if you are struggling with this and the Lord has just, just put a dot right on you, don't waste your time. Come down. Verse 16 through 18, here's what it says. She was prepared for an outcome. She says here, do not consider your maidservant as a worthless woman, for I have spoken until now out of my great concern and provocation. And Eli answered and said, go in peace, and may the Lord of God grant your petition that you have asked of him. She said, let your maidservant find favor in your sight, so, that the, so the woman went her way and ate, and her face was long, no longer sad. Now, I want to point your attention back to something. Look in verse 16. She says, for I have spoken until now. Until now. I've spoken until now. I have grieved until now. I have looked with earnest anger at this woman, but until now, there was a stop to her crying. There was an end to her worrying. She said, at this point, I've got to bring this to you. You are the only one who can heal this pain that I have. She says, I've got until now, until now. Somebody needs to say in their heart, until now. I've complained, I've cried, but until now, I've brought it to the altar, and I've left it there with Jesus. Look at what else it says. So the woman went her, ate, went her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. Woo! Her face was no longer sad. There was a relief to her pain. There was a point where she said, I can't take this no more. Jesus, would you please take this pain from me? As we enter this time of invitation, the first person that I would love to see respond, and it's not me, don't mishear the words, Jesus desires to have you and all of you. And there's no way that you can be the mother that you need to be outside of the power of the Holy Spirit. You, need, you know you need to give your life to Jesus. And you have heard this message over and over, and you've been to many Mother's Day services, and you've been contemplating, should I do this? Should I not do this? And the Lord is saying, come, all you who are thirsty, come. He's a living water. He will refresh your soul like no one else can. You saw it today in the baptistry. You see it in the lives of the people that stand on this platform. Jesus is the only way. So as I pray, men will be standing in the aisles. And you say, man, I need to give my life to Jesus for the first time. And wow, on Mother's Day, give your life to Jesus. He is and always will be the best thing that could ever happen to you. Now, after those people come, if you are a mom and you have been distressed and burnt out, and just issues in your life, and man, some of you are having health problems because you're worrying so much. Come today. 
two words, until now. Until now. And you are bringing it all to the Lord. Lay yourself on. The Bible says that she poured herself out. She emptied herself at this point on the altar. She emptied herself. And when she emptied herself, she said, I'm done. I am done. And I see men coming, which is good. Praise the Lord. Ladies, men, boys and girls, if you're in this room and you need to have to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I pray that you will come. Join me in prayer. Father, I thank you for today. Thank you for the example that you have given us in Hannah. Lord, how she has walked through adversity, prayed for a breakthrough. She was earnest in her vow with the Lord, and she continued to give herself. Lord, would you help us today to be a church that continually gives ourselves to you? Father, would you allow us to empty ourselves on this altar? Lord, would you allow us to take the burdens and the pain that, that bind us every day and to lay them here at the altar? Somebody needs to know the peace, the hope of Jesus. Today, would today be the day? Father, we ask in all these things in your son Jesus' name. Amen. So if you're here, come, 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 come.